as the as the kids are going out, let's let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for your presence. Jesus, our heart sings to you. There is no other name that is worthy of our praise, of our lives, of our devotion, of our worship. Lord, help us today to give it all to you because you're worthy. Would you please speak to, you, to us through your word and give us the grace to be obedient to whatever you say. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. amen. Good to see you this morning. Glad you're here. And uh, Pastor Jimmy is not with us, but uh, he asked me to fill in and, and to take a few minutes this morning and share the biblical basis for evangelism. There are four of us today coming to talk to you a little bit, okay? So I'm the, I'm the lead-off hitter, uh, so to speak. And um, I, just in summary form, I, he asked me to give you the, the scriptural basis for evangelism and missions. And uh, when Preston found out that, that missionary Philip was speaking about evangelism missions for five, eight minutes, he, he laughed. So... <laughs> Um, so you need to listen quickly, and I need to go quickly, okay? So why do we share our faith? That's what we're talking about this morning. First of all, across the street or around the world, why do we share our faith? First of all, because we love Him. Um, and we can't love Him except that He first loved us, John, 1 John 4, 19, amen? I mean, Jimmy preached last week. He's preaching through Ephesians, and I told him after the message last week, I thought that was one of the, the best messages I've ever heard him preach, and where he left off is kind of where I'm picking up this morning. The great motivation for us is love. That's what propels us. We love God because he first loved us. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2, that's what G, uh, Jimmy talked about. Be imitators of God. Walk in love as Christ loved us. Then we go in that love and share with others. How did Christ love? Think about it. Sacrificially, unconditionally, epically out of this world, crazy kind of love, dying on a torturous cross in spiritual agony and, and separation from his Father, once and for all, proving his love for us. We don't naturally have this kind of love in us. That's what one of the things Jimmy said last week. But when we see the awesome, magnanimous, epic, unconditional, sacrificial love that Jesus has for us, we are conquered by that love. We are over, overtaken. We're smitten, empowered by that love to love Him back and to love others also. Amen? This is not only the great motivation, but it's the great command. You remember Jesus, you know, the great command, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is to love others. So love is the great motivation. It's, it's because we love Him. We love because He first loved us, 1 John 4, 19. But then also, John 14, 15, Jesus said to His disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And some of you have been through the New Believers class with me, know that I, I, I often 
speak about my mentor, Clyde Cranford. Clyde used to paraphrase that verse as, when you get around to really loving me, you'll do what I say. Remember, you choose what you love. You love what you choose. And you, you, you talk about what you love, right? I mean, what is, what is it that you talk about? Some people just talk about themselves all the time. Talk about, uh, you know, the drama in their lives all the time or whatever. You choose what you love. You love what you choose. So, we share our faith because we love Him. Secondly, because He sends us. The Great Commission, you know, to make disciples, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. This is the Great Commission. The Great Commission. He is our commander-in-chief, our high commander-in-chief. Listen, he rose victoriously from the dead and conquered sin, death, hell, and the grave. And he comes to his disciples and says, All authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore. What do you reckon we should do? Well... He has all authority. He comes as the Lord, the King of kings. He proved once and for all when he rose from the dead that he's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Son of God, God the Son. All authority. He has commanded us to make disciples. Someone said his last command is our highest priority. But then 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. I want to read some of this in the ESV. Therefore, if anyone is... In Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you, implore you on behalf of of Christ. That is, we beg you, we plead with you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He won us by his great love to himself. He reconciled us to himself. He washed away our sin so that we could be at peace with him. He reconciled us to himself. And then he gifted us with the ministry and the message of reconciliation. And he calls us to be his ambassadors, to speak on his behalf, to act on his behalf, and to plead with a lost and dying world, with our family, our friends, and those who are lost, the the ethnic groups around the world, that they come and be reconciled to Him, be made at peace with Him. He sends us. So because we love Him, because He sends us, but thirdly, because they need to hear. They need to hear. This is the great need, salvation, Romans 10, 14 through 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? You say, Pastor, I can't preach. I'm not a preacher. 
understand the word here is caruso. It, it simply means to proclaim, to herald the good news. And every child of God, every believer who has been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ is sent to herald the good news. It, this is not for the highly uh, trained. This is not for the highly qualified. It's for all of us who are believers in Jesus Christ, who have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ to share, to talk about, to tell the good news of Jesus Christ. We have good news to share, amen? It's the greatest news in all the, the world. And that's the conclusion. We have the greatest news in all the world to meet the greatest need in all the world. Amen? So let's go share it. Let's share this great news, this good news. Best news in all the world, amen? Do we love Him? Are we sent? Do they need it? Yes. So the application today, very quickly, we have a wonderful opportunity next week, next weekend. Steve Payson is our evangelist coming. I want to ask the ushers, wherever you are, to come. We've got some invitation cards if you haven't already received these. If you, if you haven't received one, uh, as they're going by, just lift up your hands. I'm going to give you an invitation card that you can hand out to someone. Steve Payson is a very gifted evangelist who will be bringing a powerful message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll be speaking Saturday night to our youth rally, Sunday morning, both services, Sunday night at International Fellowship. And, uh, he, you know, Jimmy talked about how that he spoke at Lakeway Christian Academy when he was before here, uh, when he was here before for the GoTel crusade. And all of us who went and counseled with him and heard him, we're, we all agree that his message was very passionate, very powerful, very effective, very solid. And by the way, he, he lives spreading the gospel and trusting God to take care of his needs. So we're going we're gonna to take an offering next week to help him to continue in, in this ministry that God has called him to. So pray and prepare for that. Bring your lost friends. Bring your lost family. Listen, statistically speaking, the greatest, the most effective method or strategy of evangelism continues to be, at least here in the United States, continues to be a, a family member or a friend bringing another friend or family member to church to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, let's do that. Philip brought Nathaniel to the Lord. The Samaritan woman went into the city and told them, Come and see a man that told me everything that I had ever done. We have an opportunity to bring our friends, our family, in to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest news in the world. Amen? Let's do that next week. Let me ask you a question. For whom are you praying? Who is that one? Maybe it's five. Will you invite them this week to be here next weekend? Well, young people, Saturday night. Others, Sunday morning. Invite them. Pray. Will you pray every day and use these invitation cards? Use whatever. But bring them and, and let's get the people, the lost and dying, under the, under the gospel. Amen? John's going to come. John, where are you?
like my iPad because I always do. Um, who here has, well, sorry, hold on. Last time I tricked you with hand raises. This time I am going to ask for hand raises, but it's not a trick. So who's been to Honduras? Wow, that's actually more than I would have expected. So my goal here is to share what we've been doing, what we are doing, what we will be doing in Honduras. For those of you that have been to Honduras, that will be a little easier to understand at first, but hopefully by the time we get through the service today between what I'm going to say and show you and what Luis is going to share with you, you'll have a little bit of a better understanding, even those that, that haven't been. Um, so I'm going to do a trip recap for our, our September trip from last month, September 2nd to 9th. We arrived at Knoxville Airport 5 a.m. September 2nd, headed down, pretty much had a travel day on Monday, uh, nothing too specific other than traveling. While we were there, uh, the rest of the week, Jimmy mostly taught in seminary. He did school the parents at, at a couple of the schools while we were there, uh, but he was mostly teaching in seminary on false doctrines uh, for the entire week. Um, the rest of the group, we did club visits in Ermita, uh, Rio Dulce, Casillas, Zarzaloza, Talonga, Devanya, and Communion. That's a lot of names that make not a lot of sense to, to you if you've never been there, but Luis is going to have a map that shows you what that looks like so you can get a little bit of a grasp of it. Uh, when we do club visits, we do activities that you could say similar to VBS, uh, usually uh, testimonies in there as well that different people give, different people have the opportunities to do that. Uh, we did a soccer tournament uh, Tuesday evening in Ermita, part of the Rio Dulce Church. There was a great upset. We actually lost. <laughs> and you all laughed. That means you at least understand. Some of you don't. Um, we, we're never expected to win. We have to have more Hondurans than gringos. We had more gringos than Hondurans. It was rough. Tony and I took a lot of hits. We had bruises. I mean, it was bad. Um, but it was a good time. And it actually was a, a great outreach in the community. There were people that came um, that didn't know the Lord. They were playing on soccer teams in this tournament that the pastor, Pastor Selvin, had coordinated, put together. And, you know, I heard that some of them said things like, I don't understand. There's a pastor doing a soccer tournament. But they were like, you know, pastor loves soccer. That's cool. So we got there. Um, they had a worship time. Coy from Manly gave a testimony. It was an excellent outreach opportunity uh, and something that I hope we do again. So um, Abby and Michelle led uh, training for club workers, just brief training on, on how to go about preparing content, not so much giving them content to use. And through that, one of the great things that happened at one of the clubs, they were asked to speak with the teenagers, with the girls, and, and went back later that same day and did that. Uh, and that has then spawned to something that we're going to want to do in February and June to put together uh, that same type of discussion with teenagers. Uh, we're, we're looking for young male, young female, a little bit of older married male and female for each of these trips. Uh, it's a great opportunity to, to share with the teens and the clubs and the churches. And we're going to pair that up with the same kind of people from the local churches. So we're half Honduran, half North American, uh, and can really work as a united team in that way. So that's something 
we look forward to these next couple of trips. Uh, Ashley did sound trainings in Rio Dulce and at Communion Church. Those were very productive, I think, for the, for the people that were able to attend them. Uh, had somebody ask us to come back in February and do a more in-depth training at their church to really just help them set that up. It was not, not a church that is part of the churches that we typically work with, so that's, that's cool to see how that can hopefully be helpful to them. Uh, we did evangelism in Ermita and Devonia, and the lights are flickering. <laughs> hopefully this day. Uh, we had professions of faith at several of those locations, but we had two in Ermita, two in Devonia, one at a school in Rio Dulce. Uh, so it was really cool to see how that transpired as well. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to play a video, just a short video, just kind of a, a recap of the trip. Uh, really just pictures. So take a look at that and then I'll come back up and we'll talk about next year's trips. to know you, but I, I'm a witness that you did this, and I'm brand new, so I, I'm ready to go, and I'ma tell the world what they need to know, a slave to myself, but you let me go, I tried getting high, but it left me low, you did what they could never do, you cleaned up my soul, and gave me life, I'm so brand new, and that's all that matters, I, I ain't love you first, but you first love me, Come on. in my heart I cursed you, but you set me free, I gave you no reason to give me new seasons, to give me new life, new you hung there bleeding, you died for my lies and my cheating, my lust and my greed. What is a man huh, that you mindful of him? What? And what do I have to deserve this loving? Trying to make the moments last, holding on to the past. But like a hero in a dream, Christ came and he rescued me. Now I'ma tell the world, tell the world, tell them. I'ma tell it everywhere. Unconditional, like it butterflies in my stomach. I got the old me in a rear view, got a new me, got a clear view. That was so dead, I couldn't hear you. Too deep to sin to come near you. But you drew me in, you clean me up, you take me home, beam me up. Before you do, just let me tell the truth and let these folks know that I done seen your love and it's everlasting, infinite. It goes on and on, you can't measure it, can't quench your love, it can't separate us from the love of God, there's no estimate. My face looked the same, a frame that rearranged, but I'm changed, I promise I ain't the same. Your love so deep. Suffered and took pain. You died on the cross to give me a new name. Jesus. Ain't nothing like a scene before. I got a beam of glory. I was low down and dirty, but you clean me, Lord. You adopted me. You keep rocking me. I'ma tell the world, and ain't nobody stopping me. Trying to make the moments last. Holding on to the past. But like a hero in a dream, Christ came and he rescued me. Now I'ma tell the world, tell the world, tell them. I'ma tell it everywhere. Behold, 
was calm. So some of you, especially that, that haven't gone to Honduras or been involved in missions, you may still be asking, like, what's, what's the point? I don't really connect to this. I don't get it. The goal is to tell the world. The goal is Christ alone. The goal is so that the hearts of every tribe, tongue, and nation will sing the name of Jesus. That's the goal. Um, so 2020 trips. Um, February 2020. Deposit is due November 10th. It is open for deposit today. It's $200 deposit. Total trip cost is $1,450. Uh, so, but deposit of $200 is open today. Has to be in no, by November 10th. Uh, the dates on that trip, let me grab those real quick. It's February, sorry, should have had that in my notes. February 17th through 24th. Uh, we have a suggested starting age of 14 years old. That is not a hard line. That's just get, to give you a little bit of a guideline, uh, discussion point. Definitely open to an individual basis, but just to, just to give you a, a big picture starting point. Um, some of our goals on that trip. I mentioned speaking with the teenagers in the clubs. That's a very, very big goal of that trip. We're going to do that in February and in June because we can't hit all of the churches and clubs in one week doing that and doing it well. Um, small business trainings. We've had some discussion of some benefit in there being small business trainings uh, for people that are involved in the ministry, people that are involved in the churches. Um, don't know exactly who all that would be for, but the, the number one thing there is we would need some people that are experienced in running small businesses to do it. Uh, so if that's you, if that's something you'd be interested in getting involved in, sign up for the trip. Um, Construction opportunities. We do have several construction opportunities. That's something that we're only going to get involved in if we have people that, that are going to go on the trip that say, I want to do construction. Uh, so if that's you, you can sign up and we can take advantage of that. Ashley's going to be doing some more in-depth sound training, uh, at least at that one church. Uh, I would say probably more than that, but to be determined. And then we'll definitely be doing evangelism, working alongside the local churches. The June trip, in, in content, it's not really intended to be different at this point. Now, that's eight months out. That could change. Uh, but right now, the goals of the trip are very similar to the February trip. Part of that will depend on who's going on what trips as well. Uh, deposit is $200 for that trip. That is open today for deposit. If you want to go on that June trip, I would suggest you put in your money today for the deposit because that trip is going to fill up in a hurry. Uh, the dates for that trip are June 22nd through 29th. Uh, the, both of those dates are Monday to Monday. Uh, that's the way that we're doing the trips. Uh, $1,450 total, uh, just like the February trip. The cost is the same. Um, as far as 
Anything else different between the trips that, that pretty well covers it, nothing else unusual. When it comes to writing checks today, you're gonna to have three different opportunities to write checks that have to do with Honduras. One for the February trip, one for the June trip, one for the Boys and Girls Clubs. Be very specific in how you write your check or checks uh, because it will be very confusing otherwise. So there's your example of that. Um, Luis is gonna come up now. He's, he's our main event today. Luis, I'll give you a little background on Luis. <laughs> Luis is 29. He's been involved with the Communion Church, which is the mother church, main church that we work with in Honduras for 15 years. He's worked in the youth department for 10 years, been involved in uh, doing translation for missions team for 10 years. Started working with the Boys and Girls Club in 2018, became the director of the club January of 2019, uh, and very closely connected uh, with assisting Pastor Luis in Communion Church and with the MEPI ministry organization. Buenos dias, I mean, good morning. It's good to be here. It's good to be surrounded by you guys. It's a pleasure. It's a privilege for me to be finally in the True Life Church. It's a pleasure. And on behalf of my church, on behalf of my pastor, Julio Pacheco, uh, and uh, the people of Honduras, thank you for welcoming me. Thank you for having me uh, this morning. And thank you, John, for your eloquence and your ability to speak in, uh, in, emo in, an, in an emotional way. <laughs> so my name is... My name is Jose Luis Villanueva. Um, you know me by Luis or Lucho, but that's my full name. I'm going to ask you to repeat my last name at the, uh, at the end of the service, so be ready for that. Uh, I'm coming from Honduras, Tegucigalpa City. Uh, that's the capital city of Honduras. But don't worry, I have my password with me, and I have my, my flight booked for Friday, so I'm going back home, so just so you know. <laughs> I am uh, a seminary student, like uh, John was saying, and I assist my pastor with several tasks in, in the ministry. And we are going to begin talking about MEPI. You have probably known or heard that name before. And uh, MEPI is the name of the ministry. I'm, oops, right there. It's the name of the ministry that works in Honduras. So I'm just going to explain this. Uh, I'll try to make it simple for you. It can be tricky if this is the first time you hear this. Um, so here it is. So MEPI stands for Evangelical Ministries for the, for the Plant of Churches. This is a graphical description of how that works. We have Brother Bill Ballou. He goes to the Faith Family Church in Kentucky. And he's uh, the founder and he's the main donor of the, of the ministry. True Life Church and other donors, and they come together and work with my church, Iglesia Bautista Comunión, uh, Communion Baptist Church in Tegucigalpa City. So Communion Church is the hub, is basically the, the mother church that, you know, spreads uh, the work in the ministry. And then uh, MEPI comes up, and we have five different areas or main areas for the ministry. Number one, we have, we have church planning, we have training programs, the Boys and Girls Club, dental ministry, and <clears throat> the sustainability projects. Beginning with the church planning ministry, at the day we have 19 different churches or 19 different communities 
um, nationwide in Honduras. This is not just Tegucigalpa or Talanga or Ermita. We have 19 different places. Uh, we support pastors and we support the ministry in those communities. Um, I don't have the number uh, right now, but we're reaching a lot of people in Tegucigalpa City, the central area of Honduras, the north in Trujillo, Olancho, and also the west. We, so we are spreading uh, in my country, you know, spreading the gospel with the, with the uh, church planning ministry. At the day, like I said, 19 different churches. Then we have the training programs. Um, the first one, IFTP, is the institute. We have three of those. We have IME. Those are, uh, what's the name? It's a ministry, um, it's expository ministry. And this works not just with pastors and preachers, but also with females, ladies, working with the kids, working with different ladies. And so it's a very complete program. And then we have CEPE scholarships. CEPE is the name of the seminary where Julio Pacheco uh, teaches uh, Spanish grammar. That's the seminary that I'm part of right now. Then we have the Boys and Girls Club. We are going to be talking about that in a few minutes. And dental ministry, for the ones who have been there, they have a big bus, and it's, better, a, it's basically a clinical medic. It's like a clinical uh, station for them. And they travel to all those 19 places and some other places um, providing free health care or, or dental care for the people in Honduras. So as you know, that can be expensive. That can be you know, hard to achieve for some people, but they do that for free. And so because of the sponsors, because, because of Bilbaloo, your church, different churches, we are able to serve a lot of people uh, with free dental care, dental attention. And then the sustainability projects, we have the coffee forum. Uh, you have probably tasted our coffee. Uh, it's the best coffee in the world. <laughs> and this is coming from a guy who hates coffee. So <laughs> I have to promote this coffee like the best thing in the world, but I have never, ever drink it. So <laughs> I really hope you like it. And uh, people seem to be excited about it for some reason. So it's fine. So it's a really good coffee. And uh, purchasing the coffee uh, helps the ministry. It supports the ministry. And so it's a, it's a big part of the ministry. We also have a beans project in El Pedrero, a wood shop in Talanga, and coming maybe next year, if I'm not mistaken, a bilingual school in Trujillo. And so the ministry of MEPI is not just, you know, the church or the pastors or the training. It has a lot. So we have the dental attention. We have the Boys and Girls Club, sustainability projects, uh, the teaching projects, um, the scholarships. So it's a big, it's a big program. This is not, like I said, this is not a ministry from my church. It's not from communion church. Communion church helps um, with, you know, the ministry itself. Julio Pacheco is the coordinator in, in Honduras. I'm his assistant with that. And this is MEPI. And so thank you for being part of that. Thank you for um, taking the time to pray for us, to support us. And Brother Philip was talking about, you know, gospel and opportunities to share. You have it right there. You know, you have different areas, different aspects of the ministry that you can help us with. And so that is MEPI. And now we're going to talk about the Boys and Girls Club of Central Honduras. I am the executive director of the club. I hate titles, but I was told to say that, so 
I am the executive director. And basically my role is to oversee nine different clubs in the central area of Honduras. And this is a project, guys, that is just very exciting for me. And I'm going to try to keep it cool this morning because as I speak about this, I get very excited. And so let's talk about the club. The Boys and Girls Club of Central Honduras is a nonprofit organization that serves the children and youth of Honduras. As you know, Honduras is one of the most poor and violent countries in Latin America. And um, that's the reason, that's the importance of the club. We want to uh, give these kids uh, a second chance. We want to give these kids another alternative. We want to tell these kids that there is something more in life. Not just violence, not just gangs, not just drugs, but also positive um, values, Christian values. And so that's the importance of this. Um, we work with several churches. Um, some of them are uh, the churches that work with MEPI, and we have an open doors policy. So that means that the kid, don't have, he doesn't have to be part of the church or the local church to be part of the club. Every kid is welcome in the club. So we open doors for Catholic families, for Mormons, for atheists if they are. So we have an open doors policy. It doesn't matter the social background, doesn't matter um, any other uh, 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 belief. The club is open for every single kid um, when the doors are open. We are located in the central area of Honduras. Currently, we have nine clubs in the central area, and we serve, on average, over 500 kids every single week in these nine clubs. Um, we have two clubs in Tegucigalpa City, five clubs in the area of Talanga, and two clubs in the area of Mata de Plátano. The next slide is going to show you a little bit um, of detail with that. We have Tegucigalpa in the south, and then uh, Talanga on the right, and then Mateo Platano to the left. So we're reaching over 500 kids every single week. And each time the club opens, they uh, have the opportunity to be surrounded by people that attend the local churches. So even though it's not a religious organization per se, they are surrounded by, that, um, by Christian values. And that's the importance of this club. Um, the directors of the club... You have them right there. Three of those uh, are pastors in the local churches. And so we want to give these kids that kind of influence, not just people that, you know, take care of them and, 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 and tell them values or something like that, but also people that preaches the Bible, that talks about the Bible, that are a positive influence on them. You probably know some of those faces. And so that's uh, the directors. Talking about the staff... And I use the word staff because out of those 50 members of the, of the staff that we have right now, only three of them receive any financial compensation. So 47 of them are not receiving a penny for their service in the club. I know. Mind blown, right? You can do great things when people are passionate about something. And these guys are passionate about taking care of the kids. They are passionate about sharing the gospel with those kids. And um, they have received trainings in first aid, counseling, child care, teaching techniques, and lesson planning. Like John was saying, Abby and Michelle were in charge of that, of the last training um, uh, a few months ago. And so I don't want, or we don't want these guys, the staff, just to, you know, to see the kids or just to take care of them 
We want the staff to be prepared to serve these kids. We want this, the staff to be prepared to take care of them in a proper way. Not just physically, but also spiritually. Every member of the staff is, is required to be part or active in the local church. And we make sure that is, you know, happening. Uh, we make sure that they are serving in the church. Because the spiritual life of the child is the most important part of it. Okay? Like I was saying before, Honduras is a very dangerous and poor country. And it's very hard to change the course of a country by working with the adult uh, population. But it's really easy to change the history of a country by working with the kids. They are the next generation. And so the ages that we work with begin from officially five-year-old, although we have four or three-year-old people there, uh, all the way to 18 years old. And so that's the, that's the space that we're working with. We want to change the next generation of Hondurans. They are going to be the next police officers, the next firemen, the next nurses, the next doctors. And so we want to take the time to work with them right now, to prepare, to prepare them for a better life. To, uh, like I was saying before, to let them know that there's hope in a country that doesn't have hope. You probably see the news, there are riots and protests all the time down there, and people is very aggressive, is very violent. We want to change that. We want to change the course of those kids. So to sum things up, we have nine clubs today. Our monthly budget is around $2,800. This is for all nine clubs every single month. And this is going to cover, or this is covering the basic expenses, gas, the meals, uh, school supplies, and everything that they, that they need. Um, the executive director oversees all nine clubs. We have 50 people in the staff. Like I said, 47 are volunteer. The total kids serve 500 per week. The um, average daily attendance per club is 55 kids. And we are planning to open two more clubs uh, one or two years from now. And um, this is great news, guys. So some of the churches from MEPI are hearing about this, and they, they want to be involved with this. They want the kids to be, you know, help in this area. And so one club will be in Tegucigalpa, so we will have three clubs in Tegucigalpa, and the other one will be to the west of Tegucigalpa, maybe 40 minutes away. And we will be reaching, just with those two clubs, between 120 and 150 more kids every single week. And so this is exciting, guys. We're reaching kids, we're reaching families, and we are becoming a positive influence in the lives of these kids. So what do we do? Each club has its own schedule and activities depending on the location and the resources. In 2019, we started, we started the transition from a basic schedule, one day per week, to a more complete schedule, three to five days per week. And that's the plan right now. As it is right now, we're opening the club on either Fridays or Saturdays for five, four, five, six hours. The plan is to open the club from Monday to Friday uh, to help the kids with uh, homework. So they can go there in case they don't have a computer. They will have, they will have access to a computer. They will have access to the Internet. Uh, because believe it or not, in 2019, there are kids that don't have a computer. There are kids that don't know what a computer is. 2019, guys. And so we want to give them the access to these tools so they can do better in school. 
all these for free. If they need to print something for you know, the school, some homework or whatever, they can go there and do it. So that's the plan, to open the club Monday to Friday to do that, and then on the weekends, the normal club, so they can go and, and play and, and have fun. And so this, this is going to require a substantial increase in the, in the budget, from $2,800 uh, per month to over $4,000 per month, because we need to get computers, school supplies, internet, meals, because every time they go to the club, they also receive a free meal. For some kids, especially outside Teusigalpa, the meal that they receive in the club is the, is the only meal they will receive in that day, in 2019. This is happening right now in my country. And so you see the, important, the importance of this. So like I was saying, the substantial increase in the budget is going to cover gas, meals, school supplies, etc., from 2800 to $4,000 every single month. This is without including the new two locations that we want to open. Once the kids enter the club, they are greeted by the staff, and then they have several hours to play, talk, and basically have fun with their friends, all while the staff make sure they are safe. We take safety very seriously. Just by show of hands, who have been part of the club before in the States? We, do we have any members of the Boys and Girls Club here? We have one, two, a couple. Okay, so probably you don't know what this is all about. I had the, the chance, the opportunity to visit four, five clubs during my visit in the States. And um, it's been proven that the club is a positive influence in the kids and the results are great. We're going to talk about the, res uh, the results in a few minutes. Basically, the club is a room, it's a place where you can uh, find a lot of toys, a lot of balls, a lot of things that you can play with, have fun, you have a meal, you have people uh, taking care of you, people talking to you, people sharing um, you know, ideas or asking you how your life is. And we can find this in the Bible. If you remember, Jesus not always was you know, in the church preaching like this, in a setup like this. He was talking to people. He was relational. He was making friends. He will hang out with, you know, the disciples. He will hang out with some people. He will ask people uh, to come over to have dinner or something like that. So this is something we want to replicate in the club. We want to build relationships with the kids. As it is right now, we have kids sharing, you know, difficult times they have in home. And so we have Pastor Ezekiel, for example, to give him advice. Or some uh, teenagers can come and say, hey, my friends are doing this in school. And I have uh, Pastor Neptali from Communion Church sharing, hey, you should do this. So that's the idea, to build these relationships with the kids so they feel you know, confidence to share and to help, um, or so they can get some help for their life. We want to stop the cycle of violence in my country. And we, and we want to start a cycle of love, a cycle of trust, a cycle of people believing in Jesus, a cycle of people becoming better Christians every single day. We want the staff to be a positive influence on these kids, showing them godly and civic values so they can repeat that cycle. And speaking of that cycle, I'm very excited with the results. It's been proven that the club members are becoming better students, and some of them actually are part of the honor roll in the schools. 
uh, and some of them have been part of very, very sweet things. For example, we had a group of students from uh, Talanga, high school in Talanga, and they were, uh, they, they did a presentation in front of the mayor's office. So members of the club right now, we, what we have are uh, exceeding in school, are becoming better students, and we are not helping them with that right now. Can you imagine what things can we achieve once we start doing that? That's the importance of the club. Now, in the spiritual area, and this is my favorite one, several kids are now joining the Sunday services in their local churches. Remember, the club is not a program from the church. It is separated from the church. But now kids are joining the Sunday services because of the club. Kids accepting Christ. Do you have goosebumps? I do. <laughs> My mother is a school teacher in Tegucigalpa. She teaches fourth grade, if I'm not mistaken. And she has students, maybe eight-year-old, nine-year-old uh, boys and girls. And they are now becoming part of the gangs in Tegucigalpa. Can you imagine a kid, a nine-year-old, taking money to drug members, uh, sorry, to, to gang members, or moving drug in Tegucigalpa, because they are kids, you know, so the police don't suspect of them. Can you imagine that tragedy? That's the kind of stuff we want to stop. That's the kind of thing we want to stop. We want the kids to know that Jesus is real, that Jesus loves them, that Jesus is more than just an idea, that Jesus is practical. So that's what we want to teach these kids. And also some families are now uh, part of the church because of the work of the club, because they are being exposed to this kind of work. So this is more than computers. This is more than meals and kids having fun and kids playing. We are dealing with the eternity of people. We are dealing with the salvation of kids. I know it's I don't know if it's illegal or not, or it is just forbidden in the States to talk about the Bible in public schools. In Honduras, it's not. We have the freedom to go there to open a Bible and to talk about Jesus. We have the freedom in the clubs to give them a lesson based on the Bible, to tell them, you know, what Jesus did. And even if it was illegal, we will still do it. Amen. Because... This is important, guys. The salvation of these kids is important. The way these kids live is important. And so every time the club opens, they have between 20 to 30 minutes to talk about uh, different things. Sometimes it's about civic values. You know, They learn about how to be honest and responsible and all that. But also, 90% <clears throat> of the time, 95% of the time, I will say, uh, that talk is based on the Bible, straight from the Bible. And so that's the great thing that we can do. This is Giovanni and Joel. They are part of the club in Rio Dulce. They live maybe five minutes away. Um, you wouldn't imagine, you can't imagine the situation of these two kids. They are brothers. You just can't imagine the poverty. Whoops, is the next one. Okay, never mind. So, you can imagine the situation of some kids 
there. The poverty that they suffer, um, sometimes they don't even have the basic needs. They don't have a meal. They don't have education. They don't have clothes. You've been there. You know I'm not lying. But the club is going to help these kids. The club is going to help these kids forget about that for a few hours so that they can be surrounded by positive people. And I'm going to present a testimony from Clarissa Cáceres. She's a member of the staff in the club in Rio Dulce. And she's going to tell you um, her transition from being a, a part of the club, a member of the club, to now being a volunteer in the club. Clarissa Cáceres, tengo 21 años y soy voluntaria del club de chicos y chicas de Rio Dulce. Mi experiencia en el club este, inició cuando aún no estaba en una organización. Este, yo empecé a asistir a, a unas de las primeras reuniones que hacían, que se iniciaban eh, en Río Dulce. Pues me interesé mucho en asistir a esas reuniones. Y también en el colegio este, hacían reuniones y también pues, me integraba a esas reuniones. Y empezó a gustarme, empezó a gustarme bastante el poder platicar, el poder reírme y el poder compartir con personas que venía conociendo, era muy grato para mí. También pues no tenía experiencia en, en, en relacionarme mejor con otros jóvenes y pues me llamó mucho la atención el ver a Osnavi, el, el estar organizando juegos, para los que para cada reunión entonces eso me gustaba mucho y yo de, yo decía pensaba este algún día yo voy a poder organizar voy a poder hacer esto en unas reuniones y en esto entonces pues me gustaba mucho después eh, transcurso del tiempo yo me integré aún más más y más y pues yo empecé a ayudar ayudar a, a organizar juegos y eso Después, pues, me tomaron en cuenta para que yo empezara a ser una voluntaria del club y eso llegó a agradarme aún más. Tengo una responsabilidad en poder organizar, en poder que los niños y los jóvenes puedan venir a divertirse. Entonces ya era mucho mejor para mí el saber que podíamos dar ideas en cómo los jóvenes se podían divertir o cómo podíamos hacer que los niños siempre estuvieran viviendo constantemente. Entonces, empezó a ser una experiencia muy bonita y, y me gustaba mucho, me gusta mucho. Y cada, cada club que tenemos, eh, uno aprende algo nuevo, aprende de los niños y ellos aprenden de nosotros. Entonces, para mí me ayuda mucho el ser voluntaria ya que me ha ayudado mucho a crecer como persona, a tener una mejor relación con niños y a tener una mejor relación con jóvenes. Y también me gusta porque sabía que tenía un lugar donde podía venir a divertirme sanamente, en, de, en donde podía también ayudar a otras personas. Entonces eso me animó más y por eso es que me gusta porque puedo invitar a otros jóvenes y puedo invitar a niños a que vengan entonces eso me gusta bastante me encanta ser voluntaria y siempre estoy tratando de mejorar en ser en ser esa, esa voluntaria que quizás algún joven tenga la confianza en poder venir a platicar con uno 
me encantó desde el momento que me eligieron como voluntaria el saber de que yo iba a poder pues tener tantas ideas, ayudar a otras personas y pues siempre estoy constantemente dando lo mejor que puedo en ser voluntaria y pues eso es todo. Believe me when I say that I didn't pay her to say that. <laughs> All that is coming from here, guys. And I don't know if you noticed, but <clears throat> the second she said, uh, when she said that she was, uh, that she was chose to be a volunteer, she smiled, you know. She's only 21 years old. Can you imagine a 21-year-old guy or girl saying that they love to have a responsibility? <laughs> Taking care of things, work hard. Well, that's the kind of positive influence, that's the kind of positive result that we have in the club. And uh, I would love, you know, the rest of the kids, those 500 kids, to be just like that. And that's the plan. That's the idea. So we can start another cycle with those kids, a different cycle with those kids. So that's why the club is important. That's why, guys, it's very important to have your support. This is just a very small part of MEPI, but we're reaching a lot of people. We're reaching many families through the club. I want to give those kids another opportunity in life. I want those kids to be here one day. I want those kids to learn another language. I want those kids to travel. I want those kids to raise a family. I want those kids to be, you know, positive, or, yeah, positive citizens of Honduras. I want them to change the way people think about Honduras. So whenever, whenever someone says Honduras, they say, oh, they are cool people, <laughs> which we are. <laughs> so thank you very much for your support. Thank you very much for your prayers. I know you're constantly praying for Honduras. And um, if you want to help, We have different ways that you can help us with. Oh, that's Giovanni and Joel. <laughs> you wouldn't imagine the situation they live in by those smiles. Because every time they are in the club, they just forget about that. They don't care about that. They just want to have fun. They want to learn about the next lesson they, they have. They want to have a meal, a warm meal. And so that's why we do it, to give these kids a second chance. So how can you help? Financially, you can visit our website, clubhn.org, clubhn, as in Club Honduras, that's very simple, .org. You can mail a check. Well, you don't have to mail a check. You're here uh, to True Life Church and make it payable to the Boys and Girls Club of Central Honduras. Make sure to write that down. Or you can go to paypal.me slash clubhn. You can donate with your debit card, your credit card, and um, we would love to receive your help. Or you can also keep us in your prayers. It doesn't matter if we raise a million dollars. If God is not with us, this is not going anywhere. And so keep praying for us. That's the main thing you can do. Keep praying for us. Tell others about us. Share the news. Or you can join, you know, your church's trip to Honduras and be part of this. Believe me when I say that I don't want to come here, take your money, and go back home. I want you to be part of this. I want you to see what we are doing. I want you to be part of the family. 
Okay, Patrick Mahomes is still injured. <laughs> I'm so sorry for that, guys. I want you to be part of that, guys. I want you to be part of the, of the Boys and Girls Club of Central Honduras. Like Felix was saying, we are called to go out and spread the word and talk about the gospel, talk about Jesus. And this is a way you can do it. So once again, on behalf of my country, on behalf of those 500 kids in my church, thank you very much for your time. I asked Luis when my cue would be to come up. He said when everybody was clapping and crying. So um, we got the first part right. Luis, thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing. Um, how many of you think that Luis is like very acclimated to our culture just based on hearing him? Like his English is better than mine. <laughs> I had... <laughs> Philip used a word that I thought he, he just made words up and pressed them together like Paul does. Magnan magnanimous. I actually Googled it. That's a real word. <laughs> so, Luis, put that one in your memory. Magnanimous. It's real. So, here's what I want to do. I just want, I'm going to close this out, and we're going to pray in a minute, but... I want to make sure that, that we don't miss this opportunity. So if you've got a bulletin with you, um, hopefully you do. Our greeters have done a good job of passing those out. There's an insert in that bulletin. And one of the last things that Luis mentioned was how we can partner, how we can help. So there's a form that says the Boys and Girls Club of Central Honduras. Grab your bulletin, pull it out, and hold it up. And show me that you're holding it. All right. Grab your phone, pull it out. Show me that you've got your phone. All right, grab your wallet and your checkbook and pull it out. I'm waiting. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Okay, here's the deal, guys. Luis is here for a reason. Luis is here to share why they do what they do to help cast some vision for um, them moving forward with the Boys and Girls Club. But at the end of the day, and we've said this on our side of things with True Life, ministry takes money. We can't get around that. Do we need to pray for them? Absolutely. Do we need to partner with them and support them, you know, and you know, shoot them a Facebook message and let them know how much we're thinking about them? Absolutely. But ministry takes money. And for them to minister effectively and reach those children, they need resources. And, and let, let me be honest, we, we've, been, we've done a really good job as a church of buying into that. So I'm not here to beat us up. But I am here to say that there's opportunity ahead. They've got big plans and they feel like this is what God's got for them, that they're going to expand. They're going to grow. They're going to reach more kids. They're going to go from one day a week to three to five days a week. And they're sowing into these kids' lives. And so this sheet shows you, and he, he touched on this toward the end of his presentation, but how do you give? If you say, okay, today I, I feel like God wants me to partner financially 
uh, with the Boys and Girls Club of Central Honduras. How do you give? So there, you can go online. You can go to their website, clubhn.org. I will tell you that right now that's still in Spanish, and, and that's great. I just pulled it up. It's still in Spanish. If you go to Google Chrome, you can use Google Translate and um, see that in English. But even if it's in Spanish, there's a big button that says donate. So <laughs> I think you can make it out to know where you need to click. But you, that's a one, you can click that button for a one-time gift. And I told him before the service, a lot of our folks are very comfortable in giving online. A lot of our tithes and offerings from, from the local church standpoint come through our online giving. Um, so you can certainly do that. But then if you scroll down, uh, there are some giving options to where you say, man, I want to partner financially. And I, wanna, I don't want to just give one time and not think about it. I want to see that, that this thing continues to move forward. And I want to give monthly. You know, there's obviously there's compassion um, ministries, there's World Vision, there's all these opportunities to sponsor a child, and every time you go to a Christian concert, somehow they get connected with Christian artists and pull on your heartstrings and sing their favorite, your favorite song, and then take that intermission and have all these booths set up. Like we, we literally have a chance to sponsor these kids. Now, there's not necessarily a name attached to what your monthly contribution would be, but if you, if that helps you, then his name's Luis, okay? <laughs> and he's a cute little guy. <laughs> so you've got an opportunity to give one time. You've got an opportunity to give monthly. And then, like he said, you're here. If, if this is something that you said, I, I want to make sure that I don't walk out of here because I, I sat down with him a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, and we just talked through, you know, presenting to this culture and the slides. And, and so one thing I said was, and it's not just in America, but the reality is in America, like we're going to walk out of here and then our phones are going to buzz. Like, you know, I've got to, hey, Luis, I got to get my fantasy football roster in by, by one. So I get it, man. Patrick Mahomes is hurt. Um, so, but we're going to walk out of here and we're going to be distracted. And we may have really good intentions sitting right here, and we may not circle back to that ever. Or maybe it's a week, or maybe it's a month. So what I would say is, like, if you know that this is something that you want to begin to sow into, or you want to give a one-time offering, do it now. Go ahead and pull out your wallet or pull out your checkbook. We've got, and for those of you that are visiting, like, we're not strong-armed about giving. We didn't have a song where we passed a plate. We've got offering boxes by, by each door, gray offering boxes. That's where you would put your check or your money into. I would say, obviously, if you're giving cash, then we've got some envelopes out in the lobby, and we will get one of those in your hands. One of our uh, greeters will get one of those in your hands because if you just put straight cash in there, we're not going to know that you want that to go to the Boys and Girls Club of Central Honduras. So we can give physically today. We can, I mean, I guess you could mail a check to True Life, which would make no sense since you're already here. Uh, or you can give online. Um, and then let's, let's support them by, by going. You know, if, if God's tugging on you that you need to, to step up and put your $200 in and say, I'm in, I'm in, I want to go this coming year, do that today. Um, you know, we feel really passionate about what God is doing in our partnership with 
these local churches and the Boys and Girls Club in Honduras. And to John's point, to Luis's point, sometimes that's difficult when you haven't been. It's been long enough that I've been there that it's difficult right now for me to relate to all those communities because we weren't in nearly any of those communities the last time I went. And one of the best ways to connect on a deeper level is to go. And you will see that this isn't stuff we're just putting up on the screen trying to pull on heartstrings. Like, this is what, this is God moving through us, through the churches in Honduras to reach the people of Honduras. So, that's your opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity today. If you've got questions, I'll be around here. John and Luis will be around. Philip will be up here. Uh, we can help any administrative or, you know, any questions you may have about partnering in that way. But let's, let's pray. Lord, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, that you put us on mission. As, as Philip spoke about, God, we've got good news. And Lord, I pray, I pray for me specifically, God, that you would ignite within me um, just a, an affection for you and a boldness to proclaim that good news, God, that we wouldn't keep it to ourselves. Thank you, God, that you have partnered us in such a way with these folks in Honduras Thank you for Luis, and thank you for all that he and his staff are doing to uh, reach those children. God, I pray that you would use us, that, that we would walk in obedience um, and, and be faithful to do what you call us to do, uh, whether that be support financially, uh, whether that be to um, pray, whether that be to go, or whether that be to do all of those. God, we want, uh, we want to be obedient to you, so lead us into obedience. May we, may we be quick to obey. Lord, we thank you for gathering your saints. We thank you that we can praise your name, Jesus, and we pray, God, that we would declare and demonstrate your love for this world as we go out of here today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the last thing that I would say, I think this is a no-brainer, but I think we need to make sure that we're clear on this. The last thing Luis wants is that we say, Oh, we're going to take our true life tithes and offerings, and that sounds like a better opportunity than, than giving it to the local church. Like, we're talking about sacrificial giving because we, we have things going on here. We support them, um, but this would be you as an individual seeing the need and identifying that and saying, I want to partner with them, and, and I strongly encourage our folks uh, to do that.